I have a question. How many of you have worked a 100-hour week? It's all the first service people. Man, how do they do it? There's a few of you here, but my hat's off to you. There's some staff that after today will be pushing over 70 hours, and uh, of course that makes us a little tired. I don't know how you do it. But let me tell you about the hours we've worked. I mean, th this sign on the back, this freedom sign, yesterday, as we ended, we had about 100 people at the set free, as we ended the session, Pastor Tony, who was down here helping us run it, he said to me, why don't you open it up for testimonies and sharing? And I go, okay. And he said, how do you think that go, will go? And I said, well, we have a lot of Germans here and they're very reserved. And I said, I don't know, we, maybe it'll be okay. I announced it, and there was about, oh my goodness, I think five minutes of silence. Nobody came forward. I was looking at the mic going, well, I guess I just close it off in prayer. We'll go eat supper. And then one of those Germans came up. Talked about his heart pounding out of his chest. And he talked about how he had been set free from some stuff. Now, this is a longtime member in the church who I have a lot of respect for. And I have seen him repeatedly, repeatedly be obedient to God. And yet there was more freedom for him. So I'm sitting there thinking, and I don't like silence or whatever, and everybody kept coming up and saying, if pastor would have grabbed the mic and ended this, I wouldn't come up, but he stood there. Almost an hour later, we finished the testimonies. And Ramona, I know, could hardly keep her tears this morning. I mean, I was sitting there just going, wow. And let me tell you, even my own experience, because I was a guy in charge, I, I wasn't in one of the small groups to kind of work through issues. And as I'm listening to Tony or even presenting my stuff myself, I, I sat there and went, Here, here's one thing that just struck me yesterday. I thought, I have never really dealt with Sins I know my stepfather struggled with. And I even wondered generationally if I needed to break some of those ties. And I, I kind of regret it, so I kind of privately tried to do it. But let me tell you the power of being in a group of people in a triad, working stuff through, praying for each other. Friends, there's freedom. And it doesn't stop and there's deeper waters, more understanding, more transformation of your mind, more filling of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't stop. Little housekeeping thing before we pray. We just found this out about a week ago, so we haven't had a lot of time. And the deadline's tomorrow night, so I'm interrupting this for an important service announcement. No, I'm just kidding. We were just told that the government would like to expand the suicide freedom in our country. I already think they went way beyond anything we should have done. The sanctity of life, well, they want to extend it down to 
teenagers being able to commit suicide without parental permission. They want to extend it so that you don't have to get much testing or approval. One young guy, after this morning, went out, signed a letter, and he looked up at Karen Irwin and said, I am very against this because as a teenager I would have taken my own life. Friends, we've got to stand up. So please go talk to Karen Irwin at the table. Uh, you know, I believe it's one heart at a time that we change and transform people, but every once in a while we can kind of quietly try to stop the pushing of the government into Im immorality. Over the years I've watched uh, and read and listened, I don't know if you've ever, I, it's always intrigued me if you've ever heard about revivals. Uh, revivals are documented going right back to the beginning, by the way. Uh, and some, as many of the revivals bypassed the church leadership. Huh, interesting. My in-laws were part of the revival in Saskatoon and the one thing that was very common was this confession and repentance. I read a revival in China, confession, repentance. I read a revival in Scotland, confession, repentance. Ireland, confession, repentance. On and on it goes. Last Sunday, Pastor Caleb was really clear. And he talked about the freedom that we can have, and he talked about confession and repentance. I want you to know God is still healing people and restoring broken relationships. God is still healing people and broken relationships. For the last weeks, we've looked at Jesus not just saving our souls, but he has set us free. He has removed our chains. He has enlightened our minds. He has helped us to think in a whole new way. We want to finish our freedom series by talking about, yeah, confession, repentance. We want to talk about there's more freedom to be had, but we want to talk about a little bit of the what happens every single day stuff. How do we, as the Bible describes it, how do we walk in the Spirit? Friends, there is a battle between your ears and my ears. And that battle's in your thought life. And we're gonna go to some scriptures to look at that. But I mean, if you consider some of the scriptures, Luke 9, 23, if anyone would come after Jesus, after me, Jesus said, you must pick up your cross daily, deny yourself and follow me. So walking in the Spirit. Let me state a really simple description. It just comes down to your thought life. It actually comes down to what's feeding your thought life. Turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 8. Because, friends, it comes down to the flesh or the spirit. What's your source? Where's your thinking coming from? Where is your 
satisfaction, joy, peace. Where is it coming from? Where are you at? What, what is actually going? I mean, we heard Ramona talk about condemnation and guilt and freedom and joy. Romans chapter 8, it, it, it begins to work out this flesh or spirit control stuff. The mind governed by the flesh is death. Does your life feel like death right now? Does it feel like it's just, I talked to a guy out for lunch a couple of weeks ago and he just said, I just, I just feel off. But the mind governed by the spirit is, listen to this, life and peace. And verse 7 carries on this theme, and it talks about the influential keys that are in our life. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. And if you stop there, you maybe would feel like death discouraged, down, but thank God for verse nine. You, me, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but we are in the realm of the spirit. Did you hear that? You and me are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the spirit. That's the truth. That's who you are. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. This is Christianity 101. If you're born of the spirit, if you're born again in Jesus, the Holy Spirit is in you. Your source, your influence, your power on the inside. Someone last night was quoting Pastor Caleb and I, and I don't remember who said it, but I like the quote. He said, if you're a Christian and live in the flesh, you will be miserable even more than a non-Christian. What are the benefits of following Jesus? Oh, I've been bugging you guys about having this kind of sense of uh, fire insurance, Christianity. Yeah, I'm going to heaven. I have eternal life. When I die, everybody will rejoice. I'll be happy. But did you know there's more to the gospel than that? There's salvation from hell, forgiveness of sin, removal of guilt, deliverance from bondages, healing of inner hurts, restoration of relationships with God, restoration of relationships with others, victory over the devil, presence of God, desire to do God's will, power to do God's will, peace, joy, love, and hope. I'm only halfway through my sermon, but I need to ask, are you born again? Over the weekend, we heard this repeatedly, that the process we were going through was like legal transactions. This world, this universe, this creation is governed on pretty solid principles. Like the law of gravity, what goes up comes down unless there's something to hold it up. And being born again is such a simple thing to do. I'm a sinner in need of a savior. 
Jesus Christ, I believe, lived, died a death he didn't deserve on a cross to take the punishment for my sins. And to be born again, you just have to say, I believe in Jesus and I receive what he has. And I'm gonna pray right now. And so close your eyes. And if you haven't received Jesus, just in your mind, just say yes, yes, yes. Heavenly Father, I believe in Jesus, that he died on the cross and rose again on the third day, that he went there as a pure man, fully God, and he died a death he didn't deserve to take the punishment of my sins. And on the third day he rose again. I am a sinner in need of a savior. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen. So if you prayed along with me, welcome to the kingdom. There's freedom, there's enlightenment, there's insight, there's truth, and the truth will set you free. It is unbelievable. So now that you're a Christian, you prayed at some point in your life, how do we learn to walk in the Spirit? How do we get more of this freedom every single day? As a pastor over the years, when people would come to my office, this is a go-to passage for me quite often. If they say, I just feel off, I read them through Galatians chapter 5. Because what I love about it is it kind of gives, well, the best way to say is symptoms to death or symptoms to life, symptoms to the flesh or symptoms to the spirit. Listen to what it says. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. This is talking to you, Christian. Caleb talked about activating your Christianity. And this passage is saying, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. Uh, there isn't this kind of middle ground. In fact, when you read the scriptures, that's what we often call a lukewarm person. They're neither hot nor cold. And if I remember the scripture, God spits lukewarm out of his mouth. I don't know if you've ever had a hot coffee that you left on your desk too long. I've been looking at getting one of those warmers because I'll be sitting there and I'll get caught up in a conversation or counseling and I, oh, I just need a swig of... <sighs> Brenda's not here, I hope, because that's what the brown stains in the carpet are. <laughs> they are not in conflict. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Amen, that's good news. It's not an external thing you put on. It's an internal thing that you are. And as we go into verse 19, you're gonna see that uh, the flesh, when we operate in the flesh, when we operate in the old nature, Romans 7 and 8, when we operate like we used to be, there's some obvious symptoms. Verse 19, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Listen to these, sexual immorality. Oh, and as we go through this list, pay attention to those that the world's trying to say are normal. I mean, just think kind of in behind what, what that looks like, sexual immorality. I mean, we're normalizing every sexual act in the world now. And we just keep going another step. In a, I mean, a few prime ministers ago, 
A prime minister had the audacity to say, if we legalize this, when, are we going to legalize marrying children? And the media just ate him alive. You know what? They're starting to talk. Impurity. Oh, just it's the way I am. I'm just a bit of a foul-mouthed old cuss. I can't help being who I am. Oh, there's freedom to be had, friends. Debauchery, that, that's bad things and bad thinking. Idolatry, that, that's worshiping other things than God. Or, or witchcraft, I mean, there's so many. And I, I see it on Facebook. I know Facebook sometimes it tells a pastor way too much. As I see your name and then you say, I just pass, cast a spell over my food and I feel so much better. And this pastor's going, oh, where did you get the witchcraft ideas? Hatred. Hatred. Uh, Ramona was up here. Her father-in-law, Victor Zacharias, the pastor. In one of our conversations years ago, he said, you know, I was in two churches where people tried to starve me out. Sounds biblical to me, doesn't it? Discord. Jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, I need to work those hundred hours, dissensions, factions, envy, I need my neighbor's suburban, I need Pastor Anthony's Volkswagen, said nobody in the church, but <laughs> I'm glad to bring down your envy. Drunkenness. I don't remember where I got this, but I say it really clear. People say, can I drink alcohol? I don't drink alcohol, and there's family reasons and some stuff God's worked on me with, and I haven't had the freedom to ever drink it. But people ask me, can I drink alcohol? I go, well, the Bible explicitly doesn't say not to, but it does speak against drunkenness, and people say, well, what's drunkenness? And I will say, when you read Ephesians 5.18, it's when... Drunkenness and, and what the scriptures and what God doesn't like is when you use alcohol to take God's place. And so I will say to people, if you can't stop at a half a beer and a half a glass of wine, every time you drink, whether, especially if you're in a social situation, then you shouldn't have any. I mean, how many thousand drinks can we have? We don't have to have alcohol in them. Just my little plug there. Orgies and the like. And I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. I have a couple of charts and if you can bring up one. This comes from the Association of the Exchange Life. This is a pre-salvation person. Uh, and you can see uh, the Spirit's kind of, the word's written in there, but there's not really anything there. And the F stands for the flesh. And the flesh is literally the body, the soul, the emotions, like what I want to crave, what I want to eat, what I want to do, uh, how I feel. And, and the flesh is just controlling you, the world, the devil, all that kind of stuff. And you see the sins and you see God and sins are separating us from God. Second slide. Here's a biblical picture of a man. Now, you can see that the spirit determines the identity of the Christian. 
And the spirit controls our personality, influences our personality. It's the source and it flows into our emotions, the feelings, the will, the chooser, the mind, the thinker, the speech, the five senses, the action, the body, a dwelling. I mean, this is the transformed person. This is who you are in Christ. So we've seen the sins of the flesh. And as I said, when I am ever needing a tune-up, I go to Galatians 5. I go to soul care. I go to set free. I, I, I go through the seven steps of freedom, Neil Anderson. Whatever it is, I, I, I want to be tuned up. Now, I was driving to Grand Cash last Sunday to go preach in the Alliance Church there and had to go to the washroom. I got an old man bladder. I found some trees, lots of trees between here and there. I left my car running as I jumped out, and I could hear it wasn't, it was not running. It's a Volkswagen, so you might think, oh, just leave it. It's the way they run. They're junk, you might say. I could have thought that, but what I actually thought was, I need a tune-up. And I even texted my son. I said, do you remember the last time I changed the spark plugs on this thing or the air cleaner? And he texted back, how would I know? It's your car, Dad. Am I my father's keeper? Do you suppose we as Christians should probably examine ourselves once a month before we take communion? Do you think we as Christians should pick up our cross daily, deny ourselves every single day? Do you think we as Christians should be <laughs> experiencing the Holy Spirit from the inside out, giving us power, strength, and, and, and a transformed life and transformed mind, and, and our character maybe would be changing slowly, and, and we don't actually accept where we're at? And I'm not talking about this, this self pity and I'm a lowly worm. I'm talking about I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm talking about having some honesty with people around you and me saying to my wife, what's a recurring character trait that's from the flesh that you see in me? That was what Set Free was about, by the way. It was about saying, yeah, where is that rooted God? Why, why am I always angry? Oh, and Pastor Tony shared some such good stories of his own journey and how God has been setting him free. Oh, but listen, Galatians 5, it, it keeps going on and it talks about spirit control symptoms and, and it says, but the fruit of the spirit... So you might get discouraged at the rest, but I can actually check off some of these and say, okay, the fruit of the Spirit is activated in me. It's working, but some of these I kind of got to gray out a little bit. Uh, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, ouch, gentleness, double ouch. I was raised by a German not always gentle, I'm tired, that little filter isn't there, so if I've hurt you this morning, I'm sorry. Self-control, I'm tired, I'm not very controlling, but I should be. So knowing how tired I was, when I put my feet on the ground, oh, and by the way, I got home last night, having worked lots of hours, I was a little bit snippy with my wife. Oh, she's so loving and caring and like literally fluffed up my pillows and here, have a drink. Grabbed me some more pillows, and I was snipping back at her. She was so gracious, and I, I, I remember waking up this morning going, I just was to a beautiful conference. 
So I put my feet on the ground this morning. I said, I put my arms out. I said, Holy Spirit, I don't want to be that. I want to be filled. I want your presence and power to be in my life. So on the front pew first service, I texted my wife and I said, I love you. And she texted back, what's going on? And then she said, I love you back. And then I sent her a chicken face. <laughs> and then she goes, why is your chicken crying? And I said, oh, I didn't have my glasses on. I thought the chicken was funny. And I said, I'm sorry, I ruin every moment. <laughs> and she said, well, you did well starting with the I love you. I like that. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. You know that death flesh, that flesh that those old patterns and old habits, the part of us that isn't transformed yet. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I can just hear Satan behind me almost going, you're such a loser, you're such a fake. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. This whole spirit walk stuff, the first time I ever came across, now, I didn't grow up in the church, came to Christ seven, eight years old, you know my drill. Started going to church in grade 10 for all the wrong reasons, thought a girl was cute. We did go out for 12 hours. Her dad found out, <laughs> made her break up with me. Three years later, he said, I wished I wouldn't have done that because it went from bad for worse or she's living for the Lord now, all's good. But here I was in church and I kept going. Sat under Miles Hogan, learned lots of good things, went to Bible college. When I was at Bible college, we used to have to do some work stuff to keep our costs down. And so I was a night watchman three nights a week. And one of my jobs to lock doors, check boilers, and I had to check the doors of the professor's office, make sure they're locked. And one door was always unlocked, and I would open it up, and Ray Kinchelow would be there. Now, some people from first service knew who he was because they're older than me. Uh, Ray was like 80 then, and he's been dead for, I think, for 30 years now. Ray would invite me in, and he'd sit me down, and for about a week or two, uh, every evening, he would talk to me about the flesh and the spirit, and he took me through a process that I can just describe similar to soul care, similar to set free, similar to freedom in Christ, or freedom sessions, very similar to that, and he took me through this process where I, I, I took the lies, I, I took the deception, I, I took the bad character, and I, I put it at the cross of Jesus, and after we did that whole process, as the scriptures warn us that, uh, you know, you can get rid of the bad stuff and the demons out of your life, but it can be swept clean unless you fill it with the presence of God. Uh, more powerful demons will come. I mean, the old demon will come back with some of his friends. And so at the very end of my session with Ray, he read me this verse, Luke 11, verse 5. You'll know parts of this verse, but... 
We like to pull things apart as Christians, and one of my professors called that Lego Christianity, where we have all these verses from here and there, and we end up creating a structure that's not biblical. So let's listen to the whole context. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine is on a journey, has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. Now, culturally, that was really important. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. Culturally, that's a bad thing to do. The door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. And you've probably heard sermons on that, but let's read on. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, now what the scripture's trying to do here, is it's trying to say, you need to activate your walk with God. Now, the Holy Spirit's inside of you, but for a lot of us, are, are I, I got this picture first service, a lot of us are sold, think of it as a house, and the Holy Spirit's in a little corner in the back room. Not that the Holy Spirit's small. Not that the Holy Spirit doesn't want to fill the whole house of your soul, but you have relegated him there. Uh, you go and talk to him sometimes. I mean, you... you in trouble, in struggle, and you know, when, when you feel like you're, you're just off a bit, you'll go and talk to the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit never has your whole house. Uh, you never actually examine your heart. I'm, I mean, you come to communion, you go, yes, Jesus died, his body, his blood, this is so awesome, but, but really, once a month just isn't enough. I mean, we need to let the Holy Spirit have all of our house. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to fill us. When, when we're operating in the flesh, when the sins of the flesh that are obvious are in our lives, we, we need to go, we want the filling of the Holy Spirit. We want the, the, the love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, and self-control. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Now, I always read this verse as a salvation call. I need to knock on the door and ask Jesus into my heart. Read the context. We've got to keep going. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Hmm. Okay. I remember Ray looking at me. Well, I go, no, a father wouldn't do that. Or, or if he asks for an egg, he will give him a scorpion. No, father wouldn't do that. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So Ray looked at me and said, would you like to fill your soul with the Holy Spirit? Now, I'd just done a bit of house cleaning, getting, renouncing, confessing. And I said, oh, yes, and I remember praying. Holy Spirit, fill me. No, there was nothing. I didn't speak in tongues. Nothing weird happened. But I look back on that day. Oh, here's a little thing I've noticed. From that day on, I knew I shouldn't date non-Christian girls. I didn't know the scriptural teaching about it yet. I remember sitting in college going, lights on, going, oh, that makes sense. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, that's why that happens. Oh, oh that's when the fall of man came. Oh, that's what sin does. Oh, oh, that's how we get cleansing. That's how we get freedom.
Each moment, the choice is yours. Second Corinthians says we demolish arguments of every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedience to Christ. Full circle back, stop to the start of the sermon. Between our ears is a battle. And there's a lot of stuff in there that's keeping us from a knowledge of God. And it's time we take thought, take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. It's time we use Galatians 5 often to see how it's going. Uh, It's time to ask often the Father to activate the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you. Now, over the years, and a lot of you can testify to this, a conference you went to, Freedom in Christ was huge to me, Neil Anderson, Holy Spirit Weekend, Soul Care, Set Free, This has all been healthy for my soul. Over the years, I have kept asking, knocking, seeking, activating, and every time I slip back into the flesh and the devil lures me in and he convinces me of a lie and gets bitterness and unforgiveness in my heart and greed and and all that kind of stuff that comes with the sins of the flesh. And and then I go, I'm just sick of that. I, I don't like the death in my life. And I start asking the Spirit to fill me with love, joy, peace, patience. This is walking in the Spirit, people. This is God controlling us. This is letting him have the throne in my life. This is the Holy Spirit being activated into every part. So before us is a table. It's called communion. There's so much symbolism here. Oh my goodness, yesterday when we did communion, oh my. I I, I actually can't show the video here because mothers would run with their children. It's a scene from the Passion of the Christ. And I I did do it in my last church. And mothers did run screaming with their children and their eyes and ears covered. It's horrible. And I watched the Passion of the Christ years ago. And I remember driving home going, man, Hollywood sure embellished that. Jesus didn't go through. I remember going home and opening up my Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I, I finished that and went, actually, Hollywood sanitized it. So yesterday we watched that. And we took communion. We had people going to the cross. And I had to put Kleenexes out. And people used half the Kleenex the church has. You need to give more money for Kleenex. Just saying. (laughs) Communion's such a time, even in Corinthians, Paul says, examine yourself. Activate yourself. Knock on the door. Uh, Let the Holy Spirit out of the little closet you've put him in. Admit that the flesh is a little bit more in control than you'd like it to be and, and, and start to experience the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And here we have this opportunity. So as we take communion, and the guys, the elders, they have some really cool stuff they want to do for you, but, but as you take the bread in your mouth, that's the body of Christ, and you're swallowing it inside. This is, this is, God knows that we have a hard time understanding the Spirit and how the Spirit's at. So he gives us these cool things like communion and baptism and, and communion. The bread goes inside, and it's like, oh, man, Christ. I mean, the bread represents his body, and Christ is in you. You, you drink the juice, and you swallow it down, and you can feel it go all down. And, and I always imagine it just going out to every inch of my being, and Jesus is taking control, and the Holy Spirit's feeling. This is good. 
in communion. I'm going to pray, though, and the elders are going to come down while I pray, and I'm going to pray that God would help you to knock on the door and examine you. Oh, don't get overcomplicated about, well, I can't take communion because I haven't tithed in 30 years. i got to start tithing first. No, just tell the Lord you're going to make it right and take communion. It's so simple. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we knock. We seek. Holy Spirit, may we examine our hearts. We, we heard about the flesh. And there's a couple of things there that actually resonated with me. And we heard about the Spirit, and oh, praise you, Jesus. There's things there that resonated with me, too. And most often I feel your love and the joy and peace and patience. I don't always have a lot of self-control sometimes, especially when I'm driving. And you're working on that, God, and I've had some new victory in the last couple of weeks. Praise you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, fill me. Take control of my whole life. Reveal to us where we have compromised, where we have bought into what the world's selling. <laughs> We're going to make our stand for truth because we know truth sets us free. So as we prepare for communion, <laughs> just get us ready. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen.